Welcome back to 5 O'Clock News at 6. I'm your anchor, Phil Nava. My co-anchor, Vikas Kumar. Vikas, what is in the news today? Thank you, Phil. Uh, today we have a, an enticing story of a woman who shaved her dog and realized that she was only in it for the looks. <laughs> now we go to PK with sports. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Big news released today from Nintendo about the game Super Smash Bros. Online Ultimate Smash. Come into, the, come into the arena, since the most popular game in the franchise, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, it's Marth. Marth's back, he's at it again. He's coming in, oh, you're in the air? No way, he's gonna come at you. Nair, two hits, bam, done. You're, you're, you're shielding on the ground, he's coming down. Oh, uh, 2D platformer, cool. Side B, other direction, doesn't matter, 50-50 chance, he's gonna get you. You're going to the death zone. That's what they call it when Marth is on stage. Center stage, bitches. Oh, you don't want to play as Marth? Good thing, everybody. Good news. Lucina joins the cast in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate 4 Brawl. It's coming in. It's hot. Oh, you're in the air? Oh, Lucina's going to be up there. Nair. Bam. Totally uni unique moveset. Totally unique everything. Oh, you're a 2D platformer. You're on the stage. Side B. Either direction. 50-50 chance. You don't even know what's going on. Oh, you're going to the death zone? That's what they call it when Lucina's on the stage. Going to the death zone. Be, Bam. Be gay. They're, they're already in the game, bro. What do you mean they're already in the game? They're... But a new character was... A, a, new, char I, a new character was released today. They're, they're already in the Wait, wait, let me, let me check real quick. Okay. Who, who the fuck is Belith? Belith? Who is this? It looks exactly like Marth and Lucina. I thought they weren't in the game. What? But, but I thought this was a big deal, guys. B what? BK. What? Uh, they're they're already in the game. It's it's a it's a new character. Uh, from from what series? Uh. Didn't, didn't want to have to tell. Uh, a Fire Emblem. How do you have another Fire Emblem character in this game? What? How do you do this? What are, what is Nintendo based around? Japanese Fire Emblem crap? <sighs> I can't I can't do this anymore. I'm done with the game. I'm done with it. Press out the box. Stop. Look and watch. Ready yet? Get set. It's all PB and K. Oh yes, BK. We're back, baby. Here we are. It's my again. another resolution that I forgot to mention is <laughs> starting every podcast with, oh yes, BK. Oh yes. Because so far every single time that's how it started. That's a good way to start. Is it? It's very like you know as I a listener just... I'd be like there's his voice there it is again. <laughs> there oh, there what it if, is what again. If, what if he's calling me baby? And you know? again, um, we're in a we're in a different location this time, BK. Yeah, we're at um. One of my old hangouts back the old, in the day. <laughs> the old stomping grounds. The old stomping grounds. Of BK. Man, this is this is honestly where I like grew up a lot, man. Yeah. Like you became a man. Kinda. In yeah, this very building. Um, We're in uh Alomda one in Tempe. Yeah. On Hardy and Broadway. Check it out. Yeah, it's a cool a place. Plug. Yeah, it's small place, but it's, it's super cozy and pretty yeah. friendly, so um home also to where we met our guest today. Who's that, Phil? <laughs> Good setup. I will now alley-oop this setup. <laughs> um, it's the improv master himself. Vagas. 
What up, guys? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's me, Vikas. <laughs> <laughs> like a YouTube intro. How you doing, Vikas? Dude, I'm doing great. Doing all right? Yeah, really, cool. really well. Has it, uh, has it been a long time since you've been back here in this building? In this building, it has. I think I think there was one time in the past year, but kind of like, kind of like BK. I, you know, this was I was here very often. Yeah, oh, yeah. Especially early on when I first started doing comedy. We would come here after a lot of our shows. Did you come to the, um, did you go to the bash when I left, uh, the lounge when I quit? Did you go to, the, like, the last night that I was there? I don't remember. I was, I was, um, inebriated. BK was busy that yeah, I, was, sure. I was pretty busy that I'm night. I'm pretty sure I stopped by, but I think it was a pretty quick visit when I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you did, do you remember me being super trashed? Just say yes, because you probably... That night? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean sure. that night? <laughs> <laughs> that night, among many others. We make a safe nights. assumption here that <laughs> <laughs> for local BK back at it again. We met you in this building, Vagos. I think at different times, maybe. Very different times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, because you were BK's been here like way before since yeah way before I started coming. Dude, but. I was I was 22 when I first came in this place. Oh man, and I'm Fucking 32 millennia. now. Dude, millennia. It's a, it's crazy. a decade, yeah, I was, but I was, I was twelve. <laughs> Your girlfriend was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she was. Oh no. <laughs> she's she's twenty two now, everybody. It's okay. <laughs> and but we, they've been dating for about four seven three, years. Three no. No. <laughs> not um, true. <laughs> so we I met Vikas because not only do we play Super Smash Brothers Melee at the Chandler location. But there was also a melee crew at this location as well. Right, we had a. It was a mutual friend. Who was it that that told us about each other, and, and set up this this battle um, between us? Yeah, I remember he was really attractive. Hmm. <laughs> he was a he was a pretty he was a pretty decent player. Hmm. Was it almost good enough to hold it down? Yeah. I don't know who we're talking about right now. Was it Phil? Was it Phil, that guy? It was BK. Oh, it was me. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't remember that. Um, and then, uh, Phil Loco BK. He's having his own podcast on the other side of the table. <laughs> Phil just gave me the worst look in the world. He's like, <laughs> it's like disappointing. No air like, horns allowed. <laughs> I told you this before we started recording. It's in my contract. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Melee Worlds Collide. We had a crew battle. It was disgusting. This the lounge that we're in is called Omda One. Omda One team cheated, uh, so we end up miserably. losing. Um, and uh, wait, how they cheat? I don't remember that. They brought uh, first off, there were no rules. Oh yeah, established. They brought like one of the like battle. the top players yes, in Arizona. Was. We just happened to be good friends with just happened to be good friends with somebody who's never been in this lounge, and he never showed up again. And he much. never showed up again. <laughs> He's like, no, no, he goes to the lounge all the time. Yeah, but $20 is $20. That's fair. And Hammer spent all of your money. All of your winnings. And then probably gave Andrew like another 50 in, in money matches. He bought me a drink <laughs> at the reef with that money. So it all uh, works out. Uh, Jesus. But um, Vakas, master of improv, like I said. Um, I started watching improv like a long time ago with my family. Watch it. Whose line is it anyway? It's a good place to start. Classic. So many Classic. People. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. I still watch like YouTube videos on it. Like. Oh yeah. And, like at work, like it'll just come up on my stream, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll watch that again. It like, holds. Why not? It holds up. Yeah. Really yeah. well. Yeah. 
It does. They're good too. I actually got to meet Brad Sherwood recently. What? He Whoa. Was at our, uh, he was at our company and uh, he's good. <laughs> like, oh, he's honestly, so you can kind of not tell from TV how good they actually are. Like they're like that's not them just on the show. That's them on a constant basis. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. So what's interesting about the show is a lot of people don't realize each episode is filmed over like an hour and a half, two hours, um, and they'll cut a lot of stuff. Right. If the scene's not right. going well, they'll start over because they're going for a very specific 22 minutes right. in every episode. Right. But at the same time, yeah, these guys are pretty stellar at what they do. I mean, it makes sense, though, because you'll see every once in a while a skit from, like, 20 years ago that you've never seen before, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. In a new I, episode. I watched this yeah. episode, and they're like, but that makes so much sense, especially now that you can do, like, a little bit more adult material. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's yeah. definitely, like, the biggest improv show ever, right? Oh, for sure. Like, easily? Yeah. You got shows like SNL that, um, you know, you have a lot of improv They're like alumni. scripted improv. Oh, improv alumni. Yeah. I see. Yeah, okay. so, you know, a lot of the biggest, a lot of the greats from SNL, your, uh, your Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Rachel Dretch, like, a lot of them came from uh, from Chicago doing improv together. Um, you got, like, Steve Carell, uh, Stephen Colbert. They all knew each other doing improv together and then became who they became. Oh, so do they know each other before? Like, okay, so let's say like The Daily Show, yeah? You watch The Daily Show? Yeah. So Steve Carell I haven't Carell seen it as much since Trevor Noah has uh, done the helmet. No, work. I haven't really been either, but ever since Jon Stewart left, I kind of bailed out on that, but this, so they knew each other before? The... So Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert did know each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, a while ago. You can see pretty old skits by them, but it's... It's kind of wild if you go back and, and see how many of the greats knew each other. Yeah. It's it's a little amazing how they all ended up in one spot. Well, that chemistry on screen is there already. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Where, where would they improv together, though? And, like, the just two, like a New York So the club. two of them, for example, knew each other in college. Um, but, like, Second City, Chicago, um, Upright Citizens Brigade, a lot mm. of these uh, bigger improv places, um, they kind of were uh, the central grounds where a lot of the people met. Interesting. Where a lot of the best players ended up getting their shot and becoming bigger. Yeah, and then you... I started watching you, and that's how I got back into improv probably, I don't know, like 17 years after I stopped watching Who's Line. It's yeah. a little break. Which, um, yeah. I found out like n- not so long ago that my aunt was was on Who's Line as like a like a make a song for this person. Really? Oh, no way. Kind of person. That's yeah. so dope. It's insane. She um, was a sign language interpreter. Oh, okay. So if you find oh. that episode, that's my aunt. So you can actually catch this. Like, we can find this. Yeah, absolutely. I'll that's, show you. I'll show you. Okay. I'm thinking of that's all dope. the women that were in that chair, and I'm trying to think of, like, specifically that one right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. I can't imagine it. She but... started dancing with them and stuff. It was It was really cool. I have to look that up now. Dude, that's, that's awesome. That's great because, man, you can get some guests who are uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And you can oh, tell. You can work around it, like, but, man, could it be rough? Oh, yeah. I found out recently that Greg Proops, when I when I um, watched all the Star Wars movies and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, chronologically, Greg Proops is in Star Wars. Which one? He's in the... Phantom oh, Menace. Oh, man, you're going you're gonna to quiz me on this. <laughs> Phantom it's Menace. When they were, um when they were racing... Yeah, Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. He was the, the announcer on... Oh! He's like the, podca- the pod racer announcer? Yeah. Pod racing? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It's yeah. Insane, I have right? to go back and listen to that now. Yeah. It's really cool. 
That is cool. Because I was like, wait, what the? F is that? Is that Greg Proops? You just recognized. Greg oh, you Proops. like recognized yeah. it. Yeah. Whoa. This was a. This was actually like a, a big, a big part of your childhood was watching this show. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Dang. Okay. And then uh, my love for improv resurfaced when I caught one of Acosta's shows. Um, and ever since then, man, it's just like, that's all. That's all I. That's all I listen to. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming, by oh, the way. Bro, thanks for the invite. Like uh, you guys, you guys know as much as anybody else. Like a local artist support. Oh man, it's all of it. that's don't, all you want. Don't we know it? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you want, if you want to give me a, a Christmas gift, well, Christmas. If you want to give me a <laughs> next year, I'll give you a January. Uh, gift if you want right to give Vacas a gift for my birthday in February, what can they do, Vacas? It's too late. Martin Luther King Day is coming up sooner. <laughs> for Martin Luther King Day, if you want to give me a gift, you come to one of my shows. He got you there, there you Phil. Go. <laughs> Are you still at Jester's? I am. I am still at Jester's. Um, Jester's Improv in Mesa, Mesa technically. It's in Mesa right? Riverview. Yeah. It's a great spot. So good. So good. BK, I, um, we have to go. Yeah, that's seriously, that'd be cool. We'll do we'll do the podcast from there on, <laughs> on stage. We'll be like the announcers. Or they have to like do their scenes around us. Yeah, and right. just like walk around us. We'll be every, the we'll be the Drew Carey. Yeah, <laughs> like, every know. single game, the audience is just so confused about what's going on. <laughs> well, imaginary points add up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, <So>. absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great time. I actually uh, I did my first ever open mic last night too. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, uh, man. how many people were there? Total. So okay. Um, I just started dating somebody who who's really great at, at stand up. She's been doing it about oh, a year. Nice. Um, and uh, she recommended for the first time like give yourself an easy spot because most open mics you're you're yelling at chairs and other comedians who are upset about how nobody's there. Right. Um, right but there's right, uh, right. this one right next to where I live at Los Diablos, uh, okay. first and third Wednesday of the month, and um, there's probably like sixty. People Whoa! There. Yeah. Wow. The place was packed. Holy cow! I invited, uh, well, I invited my girlfriend and my brother, uh, because I didn't want it to be a big group. Uh, and then my brother, uh, my brother's wife ended up bringing like nine other people. <laughs> <laughs> so Which, we could have been there, and it wouldn't have mattered, BK. He, he and we should, still he, didn't get an invite. You should blame my brother's wife, not me. I will. I can't. I don't blame. I'm not going to say anything past that because it's your brother's wife. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sweetheart. That's all. I've never met her before, but she's, she's like, great. GD. What's her Snapchat? <laughs> Stop. No. The, <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, it was good. And luckily it went it went really really well, which would have been, which would have been an awkward moment after the set between she and I, if it didn't go very well. <laughs> but it did. Right. She's like, um, yeah, we're not we're not doing too well right now. Um, I have to go. Um, <laughs> you I, know. To, I have to take off. I'm sorry. I wish I could stay. No, you're funny. You're funny. You're, you're um, great. But, we're you not know. leaving because of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sick. Yeah. And I need another drink. <laughs> <laughs> can you do us, can you do us a huge honor and just say it? Can you say a joke? Can I say from a your joke? set? Would you, would, from I'm your not, very first set? And I know like, you know, it's, it's difficult, but if there's anything that you can actually think about that, like it's a good one. That's, you Vikas know, is actually standing up okay. <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Vikas Kumar. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, let's see, uh, a little bit about me. I'm six foot two. Uh, and then growing up, people always asked if I played basketball, uh, as if being six foot two 
made up for the everything else about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as if like being a little tall canceled out like this. Gum- you guys can't see me, but I got this like Gumby situation going on. <laughs> uh, the other, the other most common comparison I get is to Michael Sarah. Okay. Know, the no. the the. The awkward s- white kid from Juno. That's right. super hot You know one, who yeah. doesn't belong on a basketball court? Is the awkward white kid from Juno. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys uh, you guys think the only thing separating Michael Sarah from the NBA is his height, then you got a fundamental misunderstanding <laughs> of how basketball works. <laughs> there you go. Well, peace. That was because, everybody. Dude. Yeah. Dude, that's so funny, too, because so when I, I was always like, I, my nickname in elementary school was the Jolly Green Giant. Yeah. Because I was the I was like the tallest kid. Oh really? And, yeah. And they were and like he always wore green for some reason. <laughs> yeah. He just never but <laughs> never took it off. But um they were like, you know, Brandon, BK, like try out for the basketball team, I'll, try out I'll for cut it. That out, bro. And I'm like and I'm like, All right, I'll try and I did not get picked. I was um You did try. I, I tried. You listened to your And even friends. even my coach was like, Ah, well, Man. You're great. You know, you're under the you're under the net right now. Yo, and um <laughs> you can't even score a field goal, so you're out. At least that's, that's what they call it, right? Field goal, Two yeah, points yeah. Field, field goal. Field goal is like a shot attempt, yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, the only reason I was there was cuz I was tall and I had nothing at all to happen. do with skill. <laughs> I I also um like I got so much of my height at once. The the summer between my freshman and sophomore year, I grew nine inches whoa yeah i was pretty short before that um and so i've never picked up like a functional use of my limbs like (laughs) right right, my my, my girlfriend makes fun of me all the time because i'll just run into things still like 15 (laughs) years later i'm in my own apartment hitting everything and it's not even like it's not even anything to you you're like oh yeah. Oops. Oh, no. And she's I like, oh my. Never noticed. She's like, oh my god, are you okay? And you're like, like yeah. Oh, like, she, like she's not laughing at me hysterically. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I would have never noticed if it weren't for that. I just like this is how I live my life. Uh, this is how I'll probably continue <laughs> to live my life. <laughs> Continuous bruises. That's just like a part of my skin. <laughs> well, no, man. That's that's cool though. Especially like I like the fact that she's in it and she encouraged you to do it. That's yeah. That's a big deal, man. So it's a it's a really so um, I got really lucky because I've been scared to do it for a long time. It's for something sure. I really wanted to do. Yeah. And um, oh yeah, I'm sure. My my resolution this year that I, I came up with was my biggest resolution I came up with was I don't want to let fear drive any of my decisions anymore. Like right. I'm a very cerebral, very in my head kind of person, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that was a big thing. Marth player, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, okay. uh, yeah, you tried to yeah. sneak that one in. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, okay. So, for anybody that wants to do it, how like what's the process for you to get up on that stage? When did it start? After she's like, get up there and do it. What did you do after that? Um, so I, I've been thinking about it for the, like the last eight years. Yeah. Um, and I talked to her about it about a month ago, and I told her, you know what, like, I just I need maybe I need you to like push me a little bit. And she said, okay, let's set a date. That's and kind so of that a was quick the number turnaround, one thing was a date. Like a month? A month. That's a quick turnaround. I was going to give yeah. myself a couple weeks because I, oh. I don't know this world at all. You did, know? You, did you have material? So new to me. No. No. no oh, uh, you wrote it in a month? Yeah, so in Holy a month, which, which is, you know, for, for it going well, I'm happy about. Um, she performed yesterday also. She wrote it like three days ago. 
Holy cow. Um, so eventually, it's it's pretty neat. You kind of just start to understand the... You, you see a guy like Louis C.K. who just like can talk about anything, and it's funny. It yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Because yeah. at that point, you have such a, a good understanding of your own voice and of comedy and comedic timing. Mm-hmm. You can just take a topic and like write it kind of on the spot. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it sort of becomes improv in a way. Right, right. No, that's huge. Um, kind of reminds me like how quick that was. As uh, the late great Patrice O'Neill was asked, like, because some of his jokes were stolen by lower tier comedians. Yeah, oh, that's and, the worst. And he said, and I think he his quote was, um, "They just needed it more than I did," because he's like, you know, as if you're going to be a professional comedian, you can't sit on a joke for a year and a half yeah. and expect it to do well. Like, you have to keep writing, you have to keep trying, yep. and if if you're incapable of finding what's funny in life then you're never actually going to make it. Yeah. So, you know, if he wanted my joke, that's fine. He needed it more than I did. Right. Because I got millions. You know, there's always more. There's always something funny. Yeah. So that's that's awesome, man. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, and so, I mean, I would say to, to answer your question, like, writing, because you go to an open mic and you see people do so badly, and 90% of the time it's because they have a funny premise. You know, you're with your friends. You, you, you laugh about something. Um, and you go to a mic and think, like, I'm just going to do that thing. But mm-hmm. you have to flesh it out. Like, you have to write the actual joke. Right. People people go to a mic and think, like, I'm going to say, what's the deal with airline food? As if the audience is going <laughs> to answer it for you. Classic. Right, but right. You, have to, you have to give that answer, you know. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So uh, do you have another one coming up anytime soon? Not yet. I Not yet. had the one planned and... Uh, I'm sure I'll do something soon. Yeah, please, man. Yeah. And make sure you invite everybody. I will. We'll, I'll start. Yeah, you know. And we'll and <laughs> like yeah. us. No, we're not mad about it at all. No. Not at all. No, we wish you the best. No, but I totally understand. If I were to do stand, nobody would be there that I know. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, I'll watch. I'll watch a plane crash with my friends. I just don't want to. I just don't want to be the one piloting that plane. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> like. It's a very extreme analogy. Like it fits, <laughs> but man, um, yeah, you know. Why did you pick that? <laughs> um, I don't know, because you know it's fun to watch. You know, because a dark person. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. If you guys never seen BK, if you picture like Sid from Toy Story, <laughs> what? That's what that's what BK looks that's like. That's dark. And that's also acts too. like. And you know what? Speaking of that, Sid okay, from Toy Story. Off. What did Sid actually do? wrong he was demented he he was playing with toys and he was creating things and he didn't know they were living things he should have assumed it exactly he, he should, should have assumed it i guess but he was creative he was like he had a great imagination he was trying to do something that no other kids well andy was sitting there in his because room because when you're in an <laughs> improv scene right what are I'm just saying. I'm are, actually curious about this too. Oh, great. Okay, yeah, what, go ahead. Was, okay, I, don't, I haven't seen the first Toy Story in a long time. Was the rocket alive? No. No human knows that the toys are... No, was the rocket a, a, a living toy in the movie? The rocket? Did the... See, like, all the, all the toys move and talk when nobody's watching, right? right. Was the rocket one of those toys? And uh, it just didn't move? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was just... A That's rocket. a good question. I'm just curious. But if it's like, a toy, so yeah. It I was gonna moves. say, shouldn't the shouldn't the rocket be alive? In which case, like, shouldn't shouldn't we not? Shouldn't we like blame anyone for firing off any rocket? Because <laughs> <laughs> theoretically, they are alive. Like, 
Maybe yeah, they just yeah, ran an out of funding. Yeah, space shuttle is a very expensive toy, but it's kind of a sick toy. Well, it's still a toy. It's still a, it's a toy. sick toy. That's true. I don't know, I guess... Holy shit. I, <laughs> I just can't, Sorry, like, I can't support NASA anymore. Like, <laughs> Elon Musk who? Like, don't know him. Bunch of SIDS. Yes, me. <laughs> bunch of SIDS. Everybody's got the SIDS. Everybody's a SID. Um, <laughs> right, improv. <laughs> so when you're in an improv scene, right, can you tell me, like, the... Like, the, the unspoken either rules or cues or something that like a scene goes through yeah yeah so there's there's two types of of improv short form and long form and what you saw in whose line is it anyway is short form you got suggestions you're playing specific games with gimmicks and you're making mm. everything up and Whereas, it's just the punchline is just it's a lot punch a lot quicker a lot snappier uh or as long form like um for example me and uh one of my my best friends david raftery he and i uh we will take a suggestion and do a, a scene for like 45 minutes to an hour just off the one suggestion. Holy cow. Whoa. But when it comes down to it, there's only two real things you need to know in any improv scene. That's uh, listening, which sounds very obvious, but, but listening is so important in improv. And um, relationships. There you go, everybody. A little bit of relationship advice. This has been BK's relationship <laughs> advice. Do 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 do. That's it. What should I do about my relationship? I just do it better. Just listen. <laughs> just be better. Fucking try. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, listening to to not only what they're saying but the actual intent. Um. And then the other one is is yes and it's the improv handshake. You are you're saying yes. You're agreeing to whatever the person's introducing, and you're building upon that thing. And if you do those two things, that's honestly the rest is just a bunch of cherries on top. Mm. Mm. So uh, it's like a bunch of flourishes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We him, he and I started a troupe in 2012, and we ran it for four years. Virtually three of those years was almost exclusively. Uh, working on just listening and yes and and we became excellent um, mm. we actually ended up getting absorbed by jesters which is something they hadn't done before when we decided to disband wow. oh that's the the pillow right pillow improv uh pillow is no? a separate one pillow is okay. uh, david and i's two-person team got it yeah so would you say like the difference between a seasoned um group over a amateur is taking that leap like is it a like so when you're doing that handshake you know there's a certain leap that you can go to like how ridiculous that leap is yeah like it's kind of hard for one person to be like you're on one subject and then the other person just says yeah and and then you go through a completely different one is there like is that would you say like that's a big um uh gauge on how professional you guys are like especially getting to know each other over that amount of time yeah so you you can jump but you want to you want to try to stay in your lane you know you want to try to stay in the lane the other person's establishing because if if they come up to you with an idea and you go somewhere where their intent was not mm -hmm. um it's okay to change the subject but if you take away from their intent because you think i have this great idea that's that's being a bad scene partner. Right. That's when you are 
you believe that what you have is more interesting and more important than the other person, and where the two of you are just going to be like fighting on stage instead right. of building each other. You're in a scene, right? All right. Is the person who sets the scene usually the one that delivers like kind of like the final blow or like the big, like I keep saying punchline because I don't know any other words, but like the pop. Is, is that the pop? Is that usually the same person? No, not necessarily at all. It's improv. Truly, at its at its best, is improv. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you you don't. What a what a what a beautiful thing. Improv, improv? at its best is truly just Ooh. improv. Yes. Whew. Ooh. Put that on a lunchbox. You know, we on a lunchbox, huh? <laughs> people people still carry lunchboxes. Back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing it. We're bringing it back. Just bring uh, it back, baby. The, the line, lunchbox the, pod. Let's do it. That line's got to go somewhere. So we're <laughs> we're bringing lunchboxes back. So when you're in when you're in this scene, you're kind of just improving, improving, and you have like kind of an idea to end this scene. No, you know? no. So you you really want to avoid forward thinking too much. Like if you're thinking about where where you want to go especially where you want to end then you're no longer there in that universe with the other person you know it's like uh like limited improv almost right yeah it's like your start and finish is determined but anywhere in the middle is just kind of like whatever that's bad that's bad improv you just don't want to you don't want to like have an idea of your ending it's kind of like um People people say all the time that they could never do improv, but but people literally are improving all the time. Exactly what we're doing right now is improvising, right? And we don't know where this is going to go. Um, if we did, then the middle part suddenly becomes forced and and, and disingenuous. Mm. So, when do you know? When do you know it's the end? Like like when do you like? Is it when like one of you says? The funny thing, and the uh, the audience is with you, and they all laugh. Is that when you're like, all right, that's that was that was gonna lead into my next question, actually. Like, if you're both in the middle of a scene, and you have this like, oh, this joke suddenly appears, and it's gonna end the scene. How do you know if that joke is better than one that anybody else on stage might have? You know, or you just kind of go for it, and then at the end, somebody's like, oh, I had a I had a better joke, or that kind of thing. Does that ever happen? Um. If you ever, if you ever have the feeling that you're bitter about not getting a joke out on stage, that's a really bad sign that you're doing it incorrectly. Oh. Mm. Um, and that's a really common thing. So that's a great question. I would imagine because if I like put myself in like an improv comedian's shoes, I feel like I would feel like that at some points. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah. yeah, you definitely. It's a. It's everybody feels it uh, at first, and then eventually you just. You realize that you're going to have your time. Um, to answer your question, BK, theoretically, it'll be more than just the final line that's funny. Right, uh, right. Hopefully. Yeah, um, right. If, you're, if you're doing a good job, yeah. But uh, it, it depends on the game more than anything else. So, like, you guys are talking, you talked about whose lines it anyway, where you have these games that are two minutes, you know. Right. And in those situations, the director is the person who's who's managing it. Uh, who's running the gimmick and that sort of thing. Right. In the scene, you're just doing the scene. But in long form, um, it depends how long of a set you have. And there you just kind of feel when you end. 
sometimes if you're telling a story, you don't you don't necessarily get to the end of that story. Right. Um, but that's where it's that's what's actually really cool about improv is you don't know what's going on. Like you don't know what's going right. to happen. It's it's the one art form. It's the one art form where like you share that with the audience that you don't know what the fuck is about to happen. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. So like, okay, so is it like it's almost like, okay, so you get your crew together, you're like, we're going to do try to do two to three skits, and you try to do those two to three skits, or you say we're going to do one and go crazy. Um, like is that just how it is? Like before you go on, is that what you establish beforehand? Or yeah. is it like we're so that would be that would be about the only thing that you would establish beforehand is is what form you're going to do. So at Jester's, it's a lot like Who's Line, where the director does a bunch of short-form games. We end up doing, like, anywhere from 12 to 15 games throughout the night. Oh, and okay. it's a it's an assortment of different styles so that the audience has a good amount of, like, tempo and pacing. You want things to go fast, and then you want things to slow down. Because uh, otherwise, you're going to lose. If it's too slow, you may, you know, they, they may never, like, get up to that height. If it's too fast they're they're gonna you're gonna lose them because they're gonna just feel like you're screaming at them the whole time mm. um mm. so pacing is huge yeah but then you might have a different night where uh you're you're doing long form and in that you know okay we have 25 minutes we're gonna we're gonna do one scene or we're gonna do a riff of different scenes mm. um or we'll tell a story that sort of thing so uh we know that you know stand-up and improv is a big passion of yours but also psychology um is a big thing that you're going for right now yeah what are you, what are you doing in that right now uh so right now i'm uh two years deep in uh, my master's in counseling and then i uh i work i work um with transition age foster youth that are about to age out of the system so it's it's definitely a big passion of mine as well how did they can you tell me like how they transition, or I don't know, like what the process is? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a system that's that I was scary. Just like you saying that, yeah. it's just kind of scary. Yeah, to me. right. It's and it's a system that I was not aware of until I started working in it. Really, um, so they being in foster care means that uh, you you're under the care of DCS, the Department of Child Safety, hmm. and you're generally you can be in foster care until you turn 18. Um, and you can also voluntarily sign to stay with DCS until you're 21. Um, but at that max of 21, you are no longer under DCS care. So you're just independent. Um, so my job specifically, I'm an independent living specialist. If you know, you've ever heard somebody complain about home ec not being a class uh, in high school? <laughs> yeah. Um, I might have said that once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm basically, I, I teach kids how to adult. Like right. I, I help them with education, employment, uh, teach them about finances, housing, um, relationships, community support. It's just a bunch of different topics that they're going to need to know that maybe they didn't have the best resources to help them learn about. Yeah, that is so sick. Do you think? Do you think the system? Like, what do you think about the system currently? Uh, what's the problems with it before they come to you? Let's say, like. Education-wise, that's a that's definitely a tough that's a tough topic. Obviously, um, so I, I used to work with adults uh, with severe mental illness, mm. and what's interesting about that is I noticed in, in behavioral health you have a big problem with there not being enough money 
you know right like the the idea of a welfare system is there's really not a lot of money that's right. available for these people that people think there's that are taking advantage of a system right um that's getting a little bit political but the the youth I, i've noticed a little bit more of a difference that there's a little bit more money for them you know people fortunately people like donating money to kids but there's no adult support right that's and that's what so much of our job ends up revolving around is actually trying to find long-term adult support for these kids because once once they turn 21 like i'm allowed to stay in contact uh but they don't have like a, a long-term person that they can just like ask questions to necessarily right right, right. so it takes usually how long you start working with them when they're 18, right? 16 to 20. Okay. So how long would you say it usually takes for them to be like, okay, I'm ready, and then maybe or maybe not sign off that voluntary? So the my role with them is separate from it, and the average is something like 10 months that we train them, that we work with them. Um, that's a... Uh, I would say it's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. That's right? It's a quicker turnaround than I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and when I first when I first joined, I felt I honestly felt really bad uh, because it's it's so many things that that I'm still learning as a 31 year old, uh, oh. which kind of speaks a lot to how much they're expected to know. Mm. Suddenly becoming an adult, uh, that I realize how much of a safety net I have. Uh, yeah, eight, eighteen-year-old BK needed you right now. Oh, you yeah. know, twenty-five-year-old <laughs> Phil needs you right now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I everybody is doing their best, and that definitely includes the the kids. I think I would assume that when you have a job like this, it's hard to it's hard to stay away from like success rates. And that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Does that ever like affect you in a negative way? Seeing that like, oh, this percentage of um, these kids actually don't do well. Does that bother you? You you definitely look at percentages. You look at statistics in terms of where can we improve, and what do we need to work on, um, and where have we improved? Hmm. But yeah, you can't. Uh, and that's a big thing is you can't look at it in terms of a, a personal reflection on on things because otherwise you're not going to make it in the field right like they mm. talk about boundaries and it's such a big thing is a lot of the people that get into the field are helpers they they feel for for these people and if you let yourself take it personally you're just not going to be working very long yeah that's mm. a huge issue for me when i teach and stuff because uh, not too long ago, it's like a sensitive topic, but not too long ago, one of my kids uh, attempted like suicide. And it was so hard for me, and I took off like a huge chunk of time. Right. Because what can I do better? How, yeah, it affects your how am I the yeah. cause of this? That kind of thing. Um, so I would imagine that, you know, a lot of people in your field probably feel the same way. Yeah. Um,. And you know that's that's definitely a tough thing, and I don't blame you for taking time off uh, because you do. You question yourself so much, and you you think should somebody else just be doing this? 
Yes, exactly. Is there not a million people that are better than me that this wouldn't have happened to? And I'm definitely not trying to play the victim, obviously. No. But, you know, it's just like all these questions kind of come into your head. Like, am I meant for this? If there is like such a thing as people being meant for something. Right. Is that me in this uh, circle or whatever? Or is there way better people that can do this that this wouldn't have happened to? How is this person like benefiting from me or not benefiting from me? It's rough, man. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. Um, so are you are you like assigned a certain amount of clients at one time? Yeah. Or? So since I'm doing um, school as well, I'm doing my master's in counseling right now. I work 32 hours. Basically, I took a day off to focus on school, um, and I have 14 kids that I work with at the moment. Oh wow. Uh, so full time is about 16 to 18. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So it's a it seems like a fair amount and it it's it really depends on what you're doing. At my previous job that I mentioned, uh I had 70 at one point. Holy cow. Because wow. the needs just so high and the turnover is so high that you you have to like everybody has to work with someone. Yeah. Do you, do you think you're in your position of uh, yeah, let's say your position. Do you think there needs to be more of you? Like, is, does there need to be more of what There's you're doing There's so many right now? positions that need a lot more people. Yeah. That I mean, the answer is just going to be yes. Right. And if you look statistically, there's certain positions that have a higher need. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, so, the social work field is, is low. It's low on people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because ideally, for for example, myself going to school, I'm going to be working as a therapist, uh, as a as a professional counselor, and so once once I achieve that, I'll also be leaving the field, and it's not because mm. of getting burnt out out of just growing kind of beyond it. Right, right. Um, is it is it hard some days? Like, is there days where you're just go home and you're just feel bad about everything that's happening yeah you it's it, it usually comes in when you're just hit by a surprising story like uh, i think early on working with the kids a lot of the time i was like they seem pretty well adjusted and mm. then yeah. i find out you mm. know stuff that these some of them are going through like right uh i mean i could go really dark with examples right um, yeah one of them um, one of them is here off of a well I, I i won't go into specifics but you know like just having dealt with serious deaths with abuse with really awful trauma mm-hmm. and they you don't even see it because not only are people so resilient which is really which is really really cool but this is their norm, you know. Yeah, right. This yeah. is this is their life, and they just uh, this is what feels like normal to them. Well, that's that's the tough thing too, because you you always hear about the success, you know. You, that's what you, everybody hears about, you know. This guy did this, you know. This person achieved this. It's really hard when those people are having a really hard time, you know. Especially past what was it, twenty one, you know, when all those securities are gone. Oh yeah. What do you do? You, do you have a 
you have a guide for those people after that? Like, do you, do you still help them after that? Like, um, there's resources. Um, there's resources out there, but it's it's just so it's very limited. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of them, a lot of them are told about things, but there's 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 limited resources before you turn 21, and then the moment that you hit that age, you you lose a lot. You know. Yeah. yeah. People people think. I, I I know, I always imagined a homeless person as somebody older somebody in their like 30s or 40s or older something goes wrong like there's a very stereotypical view Mm. but the amount Mm. of just kids that go from 21 that hit that birthday and all of a sudden don't have a home yeah that's really high yeah yeah um is there what would you say the discrepancy is between men and women is there a fluctuation like a higher percentage of one or the other i haven't noticed that um, as far as workers in the field, it's astronomically higher women really that work in the field as opposed to to men. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't really looked into the research into why that's the case. Maybe personality types. Yeah. Um, for example, my class when it first started, um, I think by the second class it was nineteen women and me. Whoa! Holy cow! Wow! Yeah. Well, I think that that speaks a lot. Like, you know, growing up and everything I've heard is, you know, women are supposed to be the the listeners. You know, the major nurturing. Yeah, kind very of thing. nurturing. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I think. I mean, as we, as I at least get older and stuff, I kind of forget about. I don't want to say gender roles, but kind of like the stereotypical, like, women nurture, men work, and that kind of shit. But, um, I mean, every time I hear stats about pretty much anything, it seems to be the case still. Yeah, right. Which both, like, blows my mind, but also, like, I should know that what I live or what I think is definitely, in most cases, not what's happening. (laughs) Right, right, yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. But that's true. It's got to be a big part of it is traditional roles. Like as a guy, you're told not to feel. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if you if you're told at such a young age not to feel, right? Like, how are you going to grow up being able to to empathize with somebody? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know because I've always been like an empathetic type of person, um, and I got that from my mom mostly because my dad worked a lot and you know that was the role but i was raised by my mom mostly and so i've always been a really empathetic person as phil knows Mm -hmm. you know i'm always there for him (laughs) he cries sometimes and i'm there you know he calls me you know um the other day that happens phil phil actually i don't want to break this in the air phil told me that he cries sometimes just so that you will come oh and also come help me you you know in my heart i in my heart i knew that (laughs) of course of course. In, in my <laughs> Is that another cut? <laughs> no, that's in. Oh, man. That's that in. That's so in. That's Perfect. in, baby. That's so in. in. Um, <laughs> wow. Phil. Um, Ooh, we're getting spicy. Spicy. We're getting spicy. I'm trying my best to to impress the improv comic. Yeah. You it's know. not going to. It's working. Well, this is how <laughs> quick I am. Ooh. Ooh. Brain's always moving. Ooh. Um, do you think kind of is uh, – 
is what you do kind of in like the sociology department at all would you say if you had to put it in a box yeah yeah it falls into social work which i'm pretty sure falls under under the like the, the umbrella of sociology because they start with the same word they do the <laughs> same yeah. latin base sometimes suck english is, <laughs> i'm assuming suck. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um do you would you say that kind of helps you maybe with like uh kind of reading the room in, in, in comedy yeah in comedy situations maybe reading the room or kind of reacting to reacting better to what your partner is saying yeah you, I mean, everybody asks <laughs> everybody asks it in such a that that same question but in such a an incorrect way I'd almost say people ask if you take things from psych and counseling um, to and like make jokes about it and of course you joke about real life like things need to be grounded in reality so people can relate to it. Mm. Um, but I think more than anything else, the way it has helped me is listening. Like I've always, I've always been somebody who listens before they speak. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, so I have a question. So before, before Comedy Central picks you up. And you know, and starts paying you for your for that sharp mind of yours. What do you <laughs> want to do with that uh, with that degree when you're when you're done with it? Yeah, I I it's switched a few times. You know, there's a lot of populations that I've enjoyed working with, but I I really want to do one-on-one therapy. And I guess sort of in the vein that ties the two together, I, I want to teach because um, mm. I love. I love the knowledge. I love the information so much. And that was something I didn't, I didn't anticipate that much going into grad school was how much I would just love the info. Yeah. But also, you know, you get to the range on how effective my professors have been based on not only their knowledge, but also their ability to like keep a class engaged, uh, to, to really relay that information in a way that you can understand it. Um, it's something that I would love to do myself. And yeah. Phil, I'm sure, can relate heavily to that, being a teacher. Like, I'm sure a lot of the kids love you just because you actually try to meet them on their level, which is something that's such a weirdly new concept. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think up until, I mean, relatively recently, it's been I'm the teacher, you're the student, you listen to me, do this, do this, do this. You know what I mean? Right. Where kids at that age especially high school which i'm i don't like to call myself a teacher first of all but um at a high school level they're so they're much more responsive 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 much more responsive if you kind of not go down but kind of meet them halfway right and say hey can you do this for me Mm. and their loyalty i guess kicks in instead of their Oh, you're you're my boss. I have to do this. You know, right. if you yeah. try, hey, do this for me as a favor. This thing that I could technically tell you to do, but if you ask, it's way it's yeah, it's way better. Yeah, you get much much better relationship out of that. Yeah. How how old are the the students that you work with, Phil? Uh, all high school. I actually taught my first junior high school uh, yesterday. Oh wow! So Whoa. it was super different, super crazy. They're all so small. 
Yeah, yeah you know, for sure. you can't really give them too much information at one time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's something that I'm gonna try to get better at. But yeah. Yeah, it's all high school incoming freshmen, and then I graduate them. I see them. I see them graduate and stuff. So that's so dope. The, that is awesome. Yeah. The most rewarding thing is seeing from where they start to where they end. Yeah. You know, I tell my kids all the time. I teach music. My top priority is making you a better person, and then we'll work on the music. Yeah. You know, because yeah. no matter how good of a musician you are if you're not a good person then yeah why why are you doing the things you do you know well especially like especially like this pertains to uv is like you have all this knowledge and there's so many answers that you can give it's nice to see them respond to those answers and take them as and ask questions about them and take those answers and actually apply them to your life and like you feel like you know you're so full of like knowledge on the subject it's nice when, especially at the end when they're going, they're they're moving on. You know, you can see them where where they started and where they are now. Oh yeah, and that's just that's huge. That's oh, so yeah. awesome. And you can tell, like, I'm sure everybody's heard this before, but you can tell like 20 different kids the same exact thing, and each one of them will have a different interpretation. Right. Yeah. And it's crazy because in my mind, there's like only a limited amount of interpretation you can get from one thing. Yeah. But so far, it's never been repeated. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's 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 like it's what what gets me going, BK. Yeah, There's a yeah. huge mistake that people think what you're saying is more important than how you say it, mm. and that is mm. such a or why so yeah. so incorrect. Yeah, yeah. How how you the how you say something and your intent are at the very least as important. And at the, I'm sorry. At the other at the other end at the other end of the spectrum, it's they can get so much different interpretation out of everything you say but you can also not get through if you just repeat the same thing over and over again you know what i mean yeah so you have to mix and match almost like if i say this to this kid and it doesn't go through how can i now reword it or say something completely different right so that he can get the interpretation that i want yeah you know i can get the desired effect of that yeah they're all a unique case every single one of them oh yeah all unique and yeah. a lot of them have been hearing the same thing over and over. You're mm. not, you got a kid that's not doing well in school. You know what you don't really need to do is get on them about not doing well in school because oh, right. they got so many people, they got so many people just like berating them about it, as opposed to trying to understand where they are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's the it's the team mindset, right? Like I'm in this with you. How can we get better? Instead of, you know do better or else you're gonna get an f this letter yeah and then nobody's gonna want to talk to you in college because you got this low <laughs> number on whatever you yeah. did you know well and that's like it's such a common thing right now is you know especially with teachers and especially like teachers wages and how much teachers put into it it's there's only so much money to go around to all these people but there, we need double the amount triple the amount of these people in these fields but there's just not enough support yeah and I just I can't imagine being doing what you guys do with the support that you have personally and expecting um, such good statistics, I guess, like we were talking about earlier. Like you try not to look at the statistics, but man, you are one of those statistics. And oh, yeah. It's hard to be better than those statistics when all you have is what they've always had, mm-hmm. you know, small amount of money, money here or there, small amount of resources. And there's only so much you can do with what you have. 
But so, if you're not if you're not doing it though, those resources just get smaller. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, this is circle. Yeah. Do better. What do you need to do better? Money. How do you get money? Do better. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's just never ending. Um. Yeah. BK. It's about that time. Because. Thank you so much for dude. being on yeah, our dude, small like, podcast. Seriously, bro. man. You're, you're doing awesome, man. You're a funny, dude. You're super calm. Um, <laughs> thanks for doing what you do, man. Appreciate, I appreciate you. you guys. Same, both of you. Little teachers oh, over here. Dude, hey, uh, this is super fun, by the way. Thank you so much right. for inviting yeah, dude, me. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. It was Thank an you. Honor. Anytime, BK. Last words. Um, you know, just uh, want to say, you know, thanks again to Mike at Olamda for having us here. Um, super cool host. It's a cool little place. Um, yeah, so come through if you ever just want to hang out. Vikas? Um, Shout-outs to you guys. Shout-out to the uh, aforementioned girlfriend, Savannah Hernandez. Um, look me up on Instagram. I'm going to start posting about more of my shows. It's uh, Vikasome, V-I-K-A-A-S-O-M-E. And uh, we'll catch you guys soon. Yeah, for sure. Where, where can they find you? Do you have regular shows? Uh, I am at Jester's occasionally, um, just day to day. But like, I, it, yeah, on certain weekends. But it's uh, following social media is definitely the easiest way to do it. Either yeah, Instagram man. there, fa- Facebook me, Vikas Kumar. Make sure you post on that, man. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Seriously. Um, yeah, our icon still made by Josh Brooks. T a m a j o s h i. I'm getting better at saying it. BK, are you proud of me? Tamajashi. Tamajashi. Yeah, that, that was good, dude. Um, we're on Apple Podcast now. Ooh, look it up. Subscribe. Next step, leave us a review. Uh, you get a shout out at the top of the show, which is worth about how much, BK? Um, about Gilbert Godfrey. Ooh, about of money, I think. Gilbert uh, Godfrey. Yeah, dude. That's two hundred and fifty-six dollars. <laughs> you know, give or take. <laughs> or fifteen thousand cameo credits, whichever one you prefer. <laughs> If you ever want want us to speak on any of your podcasts or shows or anything, we're on Cameo at. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Appreciate all the love. Um, Yeah, peace.